Welcome to the program. This is Nick Krita, your host today. You are listening to In the Footsteps of Jesus from Down Under. Today I have another guest coming from New Zealand, like um, last week, and um, I'm very happy to welcome John Dan to our program today. John Welcome to Adelaide. Thank you. It's lovely to be in your gorgeous city, Nick. And welcome to our program in the footsteps of Jesus. Privileged to be here. John, what brings you to Adelaide first? I've been invited to come. It's always nice to go where you're invited. Uh, I've uh, preached around the world and taught uh, the Bible uh, in many places and uh It's a privilege to come to Adelaide and share the real confidence that I have in the biblical truth and in Jesus most of all, because he's really what the Bible's about. That's very good. And myself, I enjoyed a couple of your presentations. And the topic is uh, very interesting. Is God, is Jesus for real or something like that? Yes, I think a lot of people have a very airy-fairy attitude towards spirituality mm-hmm. and because it's not anchored in history and solid stuff, they have a uh, superficial faith. But when we really look at the evidence for why we can trust the Bible and believe in Jesus, I think it uh, really gives us strength to persevere through the difficult Mm. times of life and we all have difficult times no one on this planet avoids that in one way or another whether it be in relationships or finance or health or whatever it is we face difficult times so I think to have that um, fiber in our being, that trust in a real God, in in real evidence, I think is very encouraging, Nick. That's for sure. Uh, and John, um, this program features mainly testimonies, stories, our walk with Jesus yes. every day. I would love to hear from you a bit of your background, if you like to share with us and, and share with us how you experience God yes. yourself in your own life and yes. also how that brings you to share the good news with others. Yes. I was born in a Christian home, as you mentioned, in New Zealand. We no longer live in New Zealand now. We live uh, at uh, Terrigal on the central coast of New South Wales. But I was uh, born there in a small town called Waipukarau. My father was the largest employer in the town and um, I went into business with him, became assistant general manager of the company. Uh, While I was brought up in a Christian home, though, that doesn't make one a Christian. So I guess I was a moralist, Nick, you know, wanting to do the right thing but always uh, never reaching the mark, always falling short. But I was uh, down in my office. I worked hard. Uh, It was an exciting business, highly competitive, frozen food, vegetables, ice cream, meat, all that sort of thing, pastries. And uh, uh, being in business is, is demanding. If you don't work hard, you don't really make it. And we had an international business. We're the second largest of our kind in the country. And so I was working there on Sunday morning all by myself. And while I was there, uh, I audibly heard a voice speak to me and say, John, uh, go to Avondale. Avondale is a college in just out of Sydney. And I had never had any idea of going to this uh, 
University. Uh, but the voice repeated it, John, go to Avondale. Now, I was absolutely convinced that that was God speaking to me. No one else was around, and I've never had that experience before that nor since. I've longed for it many times, Nick, you know, uh, when we hit those places where we really would like some direct wisdom and guidance and you want some divine insight into your life as to what you should do. You hang out for God to tell you some stuff. But he never has, only on this one occasion. I've had many impressions about uh, God influencing me to do things by the power of the Spirit, but uh, never audibly. But that's interesting because, because God will use uh, his own ways to reach out to us at yes. the right time. And yeah, sometimes people are um, concerned that they don't hear that voice, for mm. example, but mm. maybe their relationship with God is uh, through some other means, mm. you know? Yes. And, but that's interesting to, to know because I heard about quite few people saying that in their life, once or twice, they could hear that audible voice, you yes. know? Well, without that, I wouldn't have left business because mm. I loved it. It was exciting. I used to fly around the country in little planes t- to the metropolitan areas because the business was residing in a, a rural environment. Mm. So uh, I knew that uh, I was convicted that I had to go. Now, the unusual thing was that uh, I really wasn't a Christian at this stage. <laughs> I, I was wanting to do the right thing. Uh, I used to uh, attend worship services, but I wasn't uh, what the Bible calls a born-again Christian. Mm-hmm. So I went home, and, uh, of course, I had to tell. I was living at home at the time. I think I was about 24. I was in line to take over the business. And my father had worked hard, very hard, for many years, up at four o'clock in the morning at home, at nine o'clock at night, and uh, those are the demands of business. And, of course, I uh, went to tell him that I believed that uh, God had asked me to go and train to become a teacher of the Bible, a pastor. And I'll never forget his response when I told him, Nick, uh, and my mother as well, and uh, when I told him, all he said was, well, Johnny, he used to call me Johnny, and he, he said, well, Johnny, if that's what you've got to do, that's what you've got to do. And uh, I've always been grateful for that attitude because he could well have become uh, embittered towards that, having spent all of his life building the business uh, for the family, but he never did. He, he was supportive, and so off I went. And uh, before I went, uh, I became engaged to uh, the best person I know on God's earth. We were apart for a year uh, while I was in Australia, and then we married at the end of that year. Now we have three children. Our first baby died. Lynn carried it for eight months, and that was a sorrow for us, Mm. as those who've... uh, lost children no it's strange whenever i mention it i feel still feel emotional Mm. although i don't know 45 years later i suppose but we have three wonderful uh children all adults now of course with their own families Uh, our son lives in uh, south auckland south of the manukau harbour we have a daughter who lives with us with her two children and uh, our youngest daughter lives at Watson Bay in Sydney mm. with their three children. So we have seven fabulous grandchildren. Best time of life is when you have grandchildren. If you don't have any, wonderful not. <laughs> <no, they're laughs> <laughs> but throughout that time, uh, 
Our lives have been tremendously blessed. I became a Christian when I was studying to be a pastor. And that's God's sense of humor. I think mm. God has a sense of humor. Many people miss the humor in the Bible because they don't understand the culture of the Bible. But there was a, a teacher there, and he, he challenged the class if they didn't have the assurance of having eternal life uh, to come and see him. And I thought this fellow was very arrogant to think that uh, he could think that he had eternal life and be absolutely assured of it, and anyone else mm. could have that too. I thought, my goodness. Why does he think he's so good that he can do that? And I came to realize that it wasn't him that was arrogant at all. It was me because <laughs> here I was, you know, struggling to get better and overcome um, unkindnesses and bad thoughts and uh, behavior that wasn't as good as I thought I should be and always stumbling and falling short of the mark. How could he think he'd... Uh, overcome all those things and have the assurance that he is good enough to be saved. So uh, the lecturer said, uh, come up to my office and see me if anyone uh, uh, wants to talk about it. So I went up there to straighten the old fellow out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, However, I knocked on the door and he he was a gruff old fellow, heart of gold, you know the sort of person I mean? Mm. And he never even looked up after I knocked on the door. He was thumbing through some papers, and I said, oh, it's John Den here. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I said, I've just come to see you about the challenge you threw out to the class. He still didn't look up. Said, yes. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so I said, well, I think it's, uh, you know, it seems a bit arrogant. I think you can be good enough to be assured that you'll have eternal life. Well, that stopped him in his tracks. He stopped looking through his papers. He looked at me straight in the eye, Nick, and he said, Are your sins forgiven? I had enough Christian background to know that God was the God who was willing to forgive sin. Uh, but uh, his his question, and this shows to me the power of a question. The questions are so important. Asking the right questions is so important. Um, and it just hit me like a bombshell that... If my mistakes, if my errors were all cast aside by God because Jesus had forgiven me, then there was no barrier between me and God. And if there was no barrier between me and God, then I could be assured that I had the eternal life he he offered to me Mm. in, in the Scripture. And that was just like turning on a light for me. It absolutely changed my life. Instead of living for myself, I began to live for God. And I think until people learn to live for God and not for themselves, that uh, we have the wrong emphasis. We, you know, we screw our lives up uh, unless we know what's most important. Until we realize that life's about God, we don't have meaning and purpose and realize the significance and the privilege of serving the King of Kings. And you know, John, just sorry to interrupt you a bit uh, here, because yes, I have myself a similar experience. When you are young Mm. and you think that you know everything Mm. and you think that uh, how come somebody can challenge you in Mm. a way or the other, Mm. but it's so interesting Mm. that as we grow older or or Mm. as we have more experience Mm. we are looking back to those people who challenged us Mm. or who Mm. who ask a question Mm. like as you mentioned with great respect Mm. and Mm. that's fabulous because Mm. uh, we are talking now you know to the youth of these days you know to the young people of these days Mm. who think that they know everything Mm. 
young people are very, you know, enthusiastic, mm. determined, you know, motivated, mm. but it's so nice to have around us people who can guide us into the right direction and ask the right question ask the right question that's wonderful yes, i met a very fine young man last night he came up to me after the uh, lecture and said how you know he's just thrilled with what he was learning and when we're willing to learn i think learning is a great value i have half a dozen values for my life and learning is one of them and I love to learn and to see this young man who was willing to, to learn and know the, the positive outcomes from learning the fabulous thing that the Bible presents. It's great. But had many opportunities, you know, taught in Russia and Israel, in Macedonia, Serbia, Bosnia, Mongolia, and of course in Australia and New Zealand. And I think how God has blessed tremendously. You know, we've got a wonderful, loving family and uh, fabulous friends, people you can trust. Uh, yes, people with mistakes, like I still have uh, plenty of mistakes in my life, but uh, you learn a positive attitude to life that the future's fabulous. Yeah. Mm. And can I ask you a question? When you experience conversion, mm. you know, and... Um, you become a pastor and as you just mentioned you've been able to to travel around the world mm. and to share the good news with many mm. people have you ever experienced again some um, hardship or uh, how to put it nicely you know like to to go uh, you know down yes yes <laughs> certainly I, the, the reason i'm asking sorry the reason i'm asking this question is because Many people, you know, uh, think that if they have a genuine uh, conversion with God, they cannot experience again. Or, or oh, how to say, no. they, you know, uh, they said, oh, if you fall, then you are, you didn't have a conversion. No, not at all. It's a rising and falling. And uh, it's an upward path, I believe. You know, I thank God I can look back and see things I've given up in the past mm. that don't bother me like they used to. But I find that there are more things in my life to challenge me the closer I come to uh, want to be like Jesus, the more I see my own impediments. But uh, I did have a crisis of faith, and I think lots of us do have a crisis of faith. Some of us call it hitting the wall. Mm. I was ministering to a church that was growing, it was thriving. My wife and I both worked very hard and caring for people, uh, people from all walks of life. I think the church is a fabulous thing and that the rich and the poor, the educated and the uneducated, the healthy and the unhealthy are all together in a mix. And, of course, that that, that makes it very uh, demanding, the, 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 the different um, extremities of life uh, you find in churches. And I think that makes it incredibly rich because everyone, whether they're rich or poor or whatever they are, they've got needs. But I became uh, drained uh, a little and... Uh, so I had this crisis of faith. You know, you you can rationalise things away because we don't believe things for from absolute proof. Mm. As I said the other night on or the other day on uh, at the program on Saturday, we do not believe in things because there's absolute proof. You can't absolutely prove anything really. Uh, we believe things on a weight of evidence. So when we have evidence, when we have the facts, then we can have faith that is beyond that. But you can reason your way around things. Doubt can come in, and I had this doubt come mm. in. And in fact, 
the only thing that held me, Nick, at that time, or two things I should say, one was a, a fabulous wife to encourage. I think we must have people about us to encourage. And uh, I, I didn't share my doubts with uh, anybody else. Mm. Uh, Lynn's my best friend, and if you've got a best friend, that's the person to share with, and prayer, of course. But sometimes you can feel as though your prayers hit the ceiling, mm. and uh, this was a time of doubt. And the only uh, thing that held me biblically was the resurrection of Jesus. I'm talking about this on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, this is the greatest event in the universe. And, and there are many Christians, you know, they go to church at Easter because of a tradition, but they haven't got a clue. They, they couldn't tell someone else the evidence for the resurrection. Mm. And this is what I want to talk about on Wednesday night. Just while you're mentioning that, yeah, please just uh, give us, what's the topic for Wednesday night? And uh, we'll tell uh, our listener also the location and uh, yes, the time. yes. Uh, I think I mentioned it a little earlier. Uh, it, it's the greatest event in the universe. Right. And that happens on, um, at Paravista Church on Nelson Road. Yes. Paravista. Please come 7.30 in the evening, Wednesday yes. night. And the following one will be Friday, but we'll give you more information about that. Yes, right. Um, so I, I could not shake from my mind the, the incredible evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, that's what held me. You know, some people have gotten, uh, they think it's some fairy tale or some myth, magic. It's not at all. The historical evidence is, is there, and um, I, I'm so grateful for that. So that I rebuilt my faith on top of that. You know, here I am as a pastor in a church, mm. and my faith is shaky. You mm. know, you can't go in front of hundreds of people uh, and tell them that uh, your faith is dipping because you don't want their faith to dip, you know. So that was a crisis time for me, but I really rejoice that it's built again Mm. and and the power of the Holy Spirit and the love, joy and peace that God gives. It's blessed me so much. And uh, yeah, thanks, John, for sharing that, because Mm. this is the reality of our walk with Mm. Jesus. Mm. Um, We are not spared by, uh, you know, um, falls and, Mm. you know, but uh, I think it's, um, what is that uh, in the Bible says that the righteous one may fall seven Mm. times, Mm. but Mm. has the power to to come back again, you know. Why? Because I believe uh, God knows how weak Mm. we can be if we just take away our uh, look you know from mm. uh, from uh, from our lord well all the heroes of the bible were incredibly weak apart from jesus you're right you know, abraham was a liar you know yeah, yeah. moses had a temper you know yeah. uh, saint paul you know he was a murderer paul uh, uh, saint peter he he was uh, you know very tempestuous, <laughs> you know, John and James were called the sons of thunder because they had an anger problem. So we all have faults, but God lifts us up and God's the builder of people, you know. And that's just because all of these characters, as you mentioned in the Bible, they have something in common. Yes. They regret it. Yes. Their, yes. Uh, sin, you know, they come to the Lord in, yes. you know, I'm, I'm, comes to my mind David, for example, yes. you know, uh, and when, when I read the chapters in the Bible, like Psalms 51, for example, mm. you know, mm. uh, his lament, his, his lament, his regret, and, yeah, yes. 
that's great and uh, and i regret things regularly <laughs> and i would like to transmit that message yes. to our listeners because yes. there may be people struggling right now thinking that they have been gone too far yes. that they may never be able to you know to experience a relationship with god because god cannot uh, look back to them uh, because of what they have done or what yeah. they are doing you know but that's a, g- a great thing you know to experience um that joy of salvation forgiveness forgiveness oh. that's always i was looking for that word I, I need it every day and i rejoice mm. in it every day you know i have to tell lynn i'm sorry uh, yeah. regularly and uh, i've had to apologize to my children and to other people it, it's very interesting you know i think four times people have threatened to kill me those things never frightened me nick it's quite interesting i remember being in uh, Macedonia once, the city of Prelip, and uh, there was, you know, signs up everywhere, posters up everywhere, and and uh, this really antagonised a uh, local uh, archbishop, and uh, he threatened to uh, blow up the hotel where we were staying, and this was around the time of the Balkan Wars, and you know, people did lots of things there that uh, weren't very pleasant, mm. but it never bothered me at all I, I can remember you know we went to prayer at those times and God protected us we never shifted out of the hotel I can think of a, an alcoholic fellow his wife just couldn't live with him anymore he became abusive and we uh, helped to pack up to move away from him I don't think any woman should have to put up with abuse mm-hmm. whether it be physical or verbal um, and we helped her pack up, and he came home when we were packing her up, and uh, he was going to kill me. I remember another guy's marriage fell apart, and uh, he told people he was going to kill me. Uh, but God gives us strength in these times, you know. If you're going to stand up and do something that matters in life, people are going to oppose you. My mission statement in life is to lovingly build team leaders who build Christ's church. And if anyone's going to lead in something, they're going to face people that are going to oppose them. Uh, if you want to be Mr. Nice Guy to everyone, don't don't endeavor to get into leadership. But if you're going to be a leader, you've got to accept the fact that there will be people who will oppose you. Mm-hmm. Jesus found that. Everyone who does anything significant for God's going to be opposed. So I think when you know you're going to be opposed, but you've got something that's incredibly important to do for God because God's called you to do it, and we can all sense this, then we know the presence of God, presence of the Holy Spirit with us to help us through those difficult times, and that security is just fabulous. Absolutely. We are talking to John then in the footsteps of Jesus. It's just time to take a short break, and please don't go anywhere because we'll be back with John to conclude uh, for this program. It's time for revolution, it's time for change It's time for new perspective from the mundane It's time to live like it's my last day 
time for restoration, it's time to pray It's time to follow all that Jesus says It's time to live like it's my last day This is in the footsteps of Jesus from down under. My guest today is John Den, and he's a, a evangelist, he's a pastor, he's a very enthusiastic uh, man and also a teacher of the Bible. And uh, we are so grateful, John, that uh, we could have you here for um, a little bit to share with uh, us your walk with Jesus. John, in the last uh, couple of minutes, uh, what would you like to say to our listeners? Uh, my work now, I semi-retired, but I work uh, uh, building pastors, mentoring pastors, mentoring leaders, and I just love that. And I think the great satisfaction in life comes from building other people, not living for yourself. I get great joy and satisfaction uh, out of that. Uh, I'd also encourage people to come on Wednesday evening to the greatest event in the universe. Uh, some people uh, might say that was the Big Bang. Other people might say that was creation. Other people might say uh, that was the second coming, the return of Jesus. But I'm not talking about those things on Wednesday night. It's the greatest event in the universe. And then on Friday night, we're talking about when grief engulfs you. By the time we've been on the road a little bit, all of us have grief and it, it swamps us. And... Uh, I want to mention about the different ways people face grief. There's the Hindu way, there's the Islamic way, uh, there's the um, uh, other great religions of the world, how they handle grief, and then there's Christianity. Now, nothing. there's no perfect way, Nick. Mm. <laughs> no, no absolutely satisfying way because grief just hits you in the solar plexus. Uh, and God made us in a way that we can grieve, and I'm grateful for that. But I want us to look at how to uh, 
react when grief engulfs us. Mm. Yes. That's, that's great. That's Friday. Yeah. Thank you very much, John, uh, for your time here with us. Um, and I wish you God's blessings as you spend uh, some precious time here in mm. South Australia, in Adelaide. Enjoy of the sceneries here, but very happy to have you with us. And uh, God bless you in your work. He does bless. Thank you, Nick. Should we tell the listeners uh, where the uh, series, the lectures Absolutely. All these meetings happen at Paravista Church, Seventh-day Adventist Church on Nelson Road, Paravista. And the next program is on Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. And uh, the following one will be on Friday, the same time, 7.30. And I think the last two programs will be on Saturday, Saturday morning, uh, 10 o'clock, a beautiful lunch. Uh, and a fellowship together and after provided free for everyone. Yes. <laughs> and after that will be the final program uh, about two o'clock. I yes. think it's in the afternoon, yes. Saturday yes. in the afternoon. Please don't hesitate if you like to even contact us. You know the numbers. We give it to you on the program every time. But here are uh, the numbers again, uh, 0401-305-077. You can also write an email if you like to yonkrita at yahoo.com. And that's I-O-N-C-R-E-T-A at yahoo.com. Until next time, God bless you and keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus.